The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and expanding people too and all people. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, welcome to the Rough House Podcast, your home for houses that are rough in podcast form. Hey, uh, we hey. appreciate We know you have many choices in podcasts about yes. rough houses. So we appreciate you choosing this Rough House Podcast. Yeah, it was either us or Bob Vila, and uh, we really <laughs> appreciate it. By the way, yeah. is it weird to you, uh, uh, non sequitur for this pro wrestling podcast? That's not something we traditionally hear do here on the Ralph House. We don't typically no, completely subvert what we're supposed to be talking about. Is it weird to you that um, I'm forgetting the names? Oh, uh, is it uh, Richard Karn, the guy who played Al, Al Borland? Borland? Is from, it weird uh, to yeah. you that Al Borland now shills things that basically Bob Vila used to shill? Like he. You know the the weird uh, ladder craftsman tools, uh, craftsman and, tools uh, and I, I think he's uh, for one of the uh, flooring companies. He's the spokes thing. I mean, it, it it makes sense. It was a lateral move. Uh, I believe in one season for a Halloween episode of Home Improvement, he did dress up as Bob Vila, yeah, who was uh, in kayfabe in Home Improvement. Kayfabe was Tim the Toolman's Taylor uh, nemesis. That's true. Um, That's true. So uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know way too much about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I think he hosted a game show or two as well. He, Family he, Feud. He was at one, one point. of the the feud hosts. It was him, uh, the guy who played uh, Mr. Peterman on Saturday Night Live, who now hosts dog shows. I uh, can't recall his name for the life of me because in my brain it's just Jay Peterman. Um, uh, also, Louis Anderson hosted before it became the Steve Harvey Show. Basically, yes, that's right, Louis Anderson. Uh, I'm Louis Anderson. <laughs> what? Well, that's, that's a really good Louis Anderson. I don't know how often you get to use that in life. Not, not very much anymore. Uh, yeah, that kind of uh, that ship has sailed. Yes, but it it is kind of weird that Richard Carn is is now legitimately doing the work of a TV handyman when he played. A TV handyman. Sorry, the sidekick to a TV yes. handyman. 
Well, he did all the work. Oh, that's true. The whole, that's the whole true. time. So, yeah. you know, uh, I'm surprised that uh, that uh, Tim Allen didn't drag him along to uh, to Fox for that show. You know, that is kind of surprising. Or ABC. Uh, it was ABC. Uh, it was ABC first and it moved to Fox. I, it, it is kind of surprising because yeah. I think I read that uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas has directed an episode or two of the show. Really? Uh, that, I, I thought he just left the business as a whole. He did to go to school to become a filmmaker. And now he's trying oh. to get some experience under his belt. So he uh, he directed okay. an episode or two. Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised there hasn't been more of the Home Improvement Gang uh, on on the aforementioned show. But, yeah, uh, Richard Karn being Al Borland, th- this is going to get me some slack in the comments, I'm sure. It makes me think of, of how um, Mike Rowe has become, like, the, you know, the every person for blue collar yeah. jobs when it's like, no, he was a TV host. That yeah. featured blue collar workers, like hey, you know, you, you gotta you gotta take what uh what the ether he, gives you. He's he's legitimate, legitimately a blue collar job cosplayer, and he, he's the one hopping on Facebook to talk about the value of a hard day's work. Hey, you know what? Uh, we could, we could use a little redirection in terms of uh, certain things uh, in the country right now. So I'll take a little micro every now and then. He's, he's got some. He's Towson grad. That's true. So, oh, and you know. Overly High School grad. So he and I share. A, a, oh, did he went to Overly too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. They. Uh, he he was in our very tiny wall of fame. <laughs> there, there you go. Actually, at this rate, being on a vaguely successful podcast network, I think. Uh, I, okay. I, uh, Notice yep. he said network and not making yep. successful podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Notice what I did there? Yeah, uh, uh, I might I might be able to get my face on that wall. We'll see what I yeah. can do. Once, oh, once you punch in that and super art fight, you know, the dozens of people we've entertained collectively, I think. We'll I'll start right. a letter writing campaign for you. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get hashtag uh, Marty Wall of Fame happening. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm all for it. I am all for it. Let's do this. So, folks, it's been another week of wrestling. Uh, and, Chris, uh, I had a professional wrestling shower thought that I would like to share with you. Okay. Now, is this a thought of a professional wrestler you wanted to see take a shower? Is that no, what this is? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, for, for those of you who uh, go on the Reddits, perhaps you're familiar with the subreddit. Uh, shower thoughts basically yeah. you're in the shower you have a moment and it's ba- you know you, you feel the world just open up to you yeah yeah yeah. scrubbing your taint you're feeling really good about it you're getting yeah. in there dusting off some grime and then you're like mm-hmm. wow i think i've found the uh the cure for vince mcmahon yes. or something along well, those lines it is wwe related chris okay i had a thought while I was in the shower, because yes. uh, for whatever reason, yesterday morning while I was showering, I was thinking about what we were going to talk about on the show this week. While you were nude. Hmm. Yeah, while I was Not nude. sure how to, how to read into that there, pal. There you go, Chris. There you go. Anyway, uh, what hit me was, wow, Raw and SmackDown felt really inessential this week. Like, there, there, yes. were, there were a little bit of things that happened that started to, to move momentum forward towards uh crown jewel or as we keep calling it uh mm-hmm. well actually you know what I, I i will give the internet credit for this one blood money in the bank uh <laughs> I, I, I like that one a lot um it hit me that those shows are completely inessential and it makes me wonder wwe for whatever reason for the past 15 years or so has those did you know 
little vignettes that yeah. pop up when they come back from commercials. And one of the big things that they push is we have millions of followers on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, YouTube. and yeah. all of these views on YouTube. And that becomes a big thing they talk about with the, the stockholders and that sort of thing. Sure. As some have put together over the years and well, up until I said, hey, I'll be on a pro wrestling podcast. It's how I worked. I was very easily following WWE by watching what was on YouTube and yeah. just watching the pay-per-views every month. Do you think that's actually become the intent? Yes, they fill three hours of Raw. Yes, they fill two hours of SmackDown. But the things that are important, eh, that's ten minutes a week. Um, well, I mean, you, you obviously want to get your product out to the most amount of people. Sure. Um, and, you know, part of their business model can be broken down to a big part of it being TV rights. So the TV yeah. portion is clearly important because that's where everything else comes from. So I feel right. like they're taking this Raw and SmackDown are just this throw a whole bunch of shit out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some of it will work. A lot of it will not. Uh, yeah. There'll be some uh, some uh, some cuckolding and some some flippy doos yeah. and uh, some, some really F lame fives onto gurneys. Yes, and, uh, uh, a really lame angle where a guy gets arrested in a restaurant after causing the mildest of kerfuffles. Yeah, yeah. You'll get a uh, uh, a performer, Olympic performer who is not short being called short uh standing next to a guy whom he's taller to in the ring yes you'll get stuff like that yeah. and what they'll do is they'll uh it's all about repurposing what you have so mm -hmm. you, you 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 cut it up into nice little clips and you put up uh different clips uh on different socials and you just get the view count up um yeah. you know it could be you know something that goes viral for a good reason um like mm -hmm. firefly funhouse or bray wyatt's introduction something like that mm -hmm. or it could be something bad like the aforementioned shorty g rusev cuckold shit shows yes um but yeah it's it's all uh, analyzed in the analytics that's in the name there and yeah. they just use that as a selling point you know we have extra um, subscribers and these subscribers watch these videos these many millions billions of times and and they monetize it so yeah it's 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 become less about and you could say this as you know society as a whole it's become less about the full experience and more about moments yeah yeah it, it, it feels a lot of times and i mean you could point the same figure finger at a uh tonight show with jimmy fallon or jimmy sure. kimmel live or conan or you know any of these shows where it's like well there's the show but then we post segments online yeah. it 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 almost feels like wwe storytelling is under this idea of well there's a five minute segment that you need to watch to understand what's happening. But the rest, we're just running out the clock because that contract says we need to fill three hours. Yeah. Pretty so much. it's it, it, it just, like, all of a sudden opened up to me of, like, that's why these shows feel like they never end and, and have no point. Because they're just trying to fill up, you know, the required tap. There, there, there isn't necessarily as much of a, a need or a want to uh, craft something. It's more just a run-out-the-clock situation. Yeah, and it's, you know, we have X amount of time to fill, and mm -hmm. it's going to be filled with either a talking segment, like a promo, yeah. or a backstage vignette, or something along those lines. Or, and this is, you know, I believe 
kind of difficult to understand. You could fill it with pro wrestling. Crazy Uh, idea. It's a possibility. It's not something I don't see them likely to do very often. Yeah. uh, Because they're sports entertainment and they focus on the entertainment, whereas other um, promotions, AEW, New Japan, even Ring of Honor, focus more on the sports. Um, So, you know, it's it's what you want out of your pro res to direct you to where you want to go to get it. And I think that's actually... It's kind of helpful, you know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if if Raw and SmackDown were can't miss right now, I'd be fucking pissed because yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot more stuff I need to go out of my way to watch. Right, right. It, it would having be an it be completely essential was helpful to me. Yes, yes. Uh, and look, uh, credit where credit is due. Even though I said Raw and SmackDown this week were inessential because you know they were just spinning wheels for the next show, which is next Thursday afternoon. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, the fact is there were some bright moments, especially on the raw side. You get the feeling that, you know, Paul Heyman is really starting to uh, sow his oats here and uh, put some unique and different faces in, in uh, high priority matches. You know, uh, Umberto, uh, yeah, Umberto Grillo getting a shot against Seth Rollins on paper made no real sense to the crowd at at least from the jump they didn't understand why they're seeing it but by the end carillo was framed as a guy who you need to pay attention to so there there's a positive side of that and we're also seeing that pay off in spades we had the return of drew mcintyre and drew mcintyre and ricochet uh had actually a really great match and it is actually one of the few bright points of the ratings this week for wwe yes wwe for raw uh it was a bounce back for them as a whole but you know if you go segment by segment which i'm not going to bore the listening audience by doing but one of the segments that drew a lot of viewers was ricochet and drew mcintyre so credit where credit is due some newer stars are, you know, being put in the appropriate spotlights. Yeah, and Street Profits were in a main event match um, mm-hmm. as well, going over big. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, you know, things are, I guess, kind of slowly, incrementally heading in the right direction, you right. would hope. Right, It's just whether or not it continues to head that way. And it's, you know, I, I think with the WWE right now, for me, it comes down to the balance of sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where my mindset is with watching that product right now. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not excited or going to watch the Crown Jewel Blood Money in the Bank thing on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We're another a couple weeks away from Survivor Series. I'll watch Survivor Series. Yeah, because uh, it is cause... the one night you get to see Raw and SmackDown collide for brand supremacy. Right. And, you know, that's the pay-per-views majority of the time are the parts where you get more sport over entertainment for the ratio. It's all about the ratios. So, you know, meanwhile, uh, you know, obviously we're going to compare to AEW here because they're the the next guy that everybody's talking about right now. Yeah. When you, when you break down their last dynamite show, um, it was probably, I don't know, 85, 80 to 85% sports to 15 to 20% entertainment. Yeah. Um, that makes the show go quicker. It's more exciting. You get a chance to, to showcase people in a better kind of way. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's that ratio. And that, for me, for what I want to watch, that's the ratio I want. I mean, with New Japan, you're talking fucking 90, 95% sport and, and, and 5 to 10% entertainment. Yeah, it depends on uh, how many video packages you're getting on that show. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and the, obviously, 
entertainment comes from sport, but you know what I mean. When yeah, I'm absolutely. Differentiate between the guys there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, to, to talk about AEW and, and to talk about Dynamite, I feel like uh, we're probably going to be focusing a lot on the two Wednesday shows because that's where, really yeah. where, uh, you know, for, for Chris and I, I, I think that's where our happy places were this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, between Dynamite, between NXT, uh, one of the things that I really, really loved about Dynamite this week was the cold open of the show. You yeah. didn't get, you know, your traditional credit segment. It was, we've got a show packed full of professional wrestling. We're going live. There's two teams in the ring. Here's a quick intro, and let's just get to it. And that felt so refreshing and and felt so different. Not in the uh, Attitude Era crash TV style of let's throw shit at the wall and see what happens, but like, Oh, okay. It's like, you know, if you're watching a football game, there's like a, right. a, a massive intro package or anything. It's like, no, the game starts and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Same sort of idea. We have the Lucha Bros get, inter- get excuse me, Lucha Bros get introduced. We have Private Party get introduced. They're off to the races. Flippy doos incur. Or, yeah. Yeah. In, 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 in happen. Yes. Ensue. That's yes. the word. I was yes. Uh, a significant amount of flippy doos because, uh, if you are the type of person who enjoys, uh, hard nosed balls to the wall, you know, strikes and punches and things that look realistic. This was not the match for you in any way, <laughs> shape or form. I mean, no. don't get me wrong. Uh, Penta and Phoenix both put some stank on some of their strikes, but this was all about the flippy doos. This was just what is the craziest combination of moves that like a game of mousetrap we can have fall into and combine into other moves type match. And it worked really well, in in my humble opinion. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Those guys spent the majority of the match throwing themselves and each other around um, in very entertaining ways. And, you know, we've talked about how the atmosphere of the arena for AEW is part of what's making the show seem even more exciting. And the Mm -hmm. fact that, you know, AEW fans who have bought tickets to go to these shows are pretty much eating up anything that you're giving them. Um, You know, and not to say that the NXT full sale crowd doesn't, but it's a smaller crowd. And, you know, I, I think they've, being in the same place and having a lot of the same fans every week, you become a little um, complacent with some of the people and performers and stuff mm-hmm, like that. You don't mm-hmm. get that reaction to uh, to compare it to the people who haven't seen this product live before and are attending uh, Dynamite in Pittsburgh. Yeah, as, as uh, Justin used to say all the time on the show, can't miss you if you don't go away. If yeah. you're just there every week, the, the standard becomes higher and higher and higher. You need that breathing room for people to appreciate what's in front of them. Um, It sounds like NXT, at least early next year, is going to start touring more for the weekly shows. It sounds like they're they're starting to put holds in January for for live events and so on, which, hey, uh, good on them. That's that's the thing the product needs right now. If if I were to point at any flaw of of NXT, which is a very, very good show, it's that they need that livelier audience. It needs to feel a little less like studio wrestling, which is what it does right now. Um, but credit where credit is due. AEW was emanating live from Pittsburgh, uh, a city that for years was basically considered a shitty wrestling town. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are pay-per-views going as far back as uh, I, I forget when it was uh, 2000, 2001. Basically, whatever uh, pay-per-view it was, I think it was a No Mercy, where it was Kurt Angle and Steve Austin. And Angle, uh-huh. the hometown boy, Beating Austin for the WWF title, 
that seemed like they had to throw everything at the wall to get the live crowd enthused about. So yeah. Pittsburgh's been considered a shithouse town for a very long time for professional wrestling. That said, Wednesday night, they were on fire from the jump, and it added to a show that was just filled with nonstop action. Total nonstop action? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were there were three tag matches, and yes. I think that's pretty indicative of what you know their mission statement is. They said yeah. when they announced AEW back in January or whatever it was, there's going to be a big focus on tag team wrestling. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had two semifinal matches for the uh, tag team tournament, and then we had kind of a consolation match uh, between yes. uh, the best friends and the Young Bucks. Yes. Um, so all three of those matches – you know, were really exciting in their own way. I mean, yeah. obviously, the two matches for the tournament had the excitement of who's going to advance and um, and, and things uh, of that nature, you know, because you look at it, the four teams in there, and I could have made an argument for any of those four teams advancing to the finals. I feel um, like the Dark Order would have been the hardest argument to make. Yeah, but at the same time... And I say that as an apologist for the Dark Order. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, you could make the, you know, the argument could still be made that, you know, they were heavily featured on the first Mm -hmm. couple pay-per-views and and things, you know, there are arguments to be made. Yeah, they were definitely fourth on the list, Uh, but, you know, still, uh, it it, it wouldn't have been outside the realm of possibility. Meanwhile, if this was happening on WWE, you would have gotten the Street Profits against Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, which, and and nothing against the B-team, but fuck, it's it, yes. in the name. <laughs> it, it, it would have been very obvious who is proceeding and so on. And and you and I, uh, we were texting during the show, as I always now on Wednesdays distract you yeah. from the trivia game you're hosting with yeah. updates from uh, AEW Dynamite and NXT TV. Uh, we were texting, and you know uh, what I said was the logic to me dictated that the finals would be SCU and Lucha Bros because they shot the angle last week where they right. did the package pile driver on um, Chris Games. Daniels. Yeah. So it, it said to me, oh, okay, that's going to be the big thing, you know, the heroes welcome and blah, 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 blah. But at that same time, there were countless moments in both matches where I could have seen a private party dark order final or, or anything like that because yeah. – all four teams treated this as their showcase, their big moment. And to to go into that next match, that was one of the things that I give a lot of credit to, to whether it was SCU or Dark Order, whoever put together more of that match. They all looked amazing. It's probably the best I've seen Frankie Kazarian in ages. I was going to say Kazarian <laughs> had one of the best hot tags I've seen yeah. in a very long time. Yes. Uh, the... The Dark Order, who, let's just say they've been uh, mixed in response. This yeah. was probably one of their best matches. The The whole bit where uh, Stu Grayson did the, uh, I think it was a splash in the corner to um, Kazarian, and then he did the dive over the uh, post onto Sky on the yeah. outside. Like, just fucking wild. Like, I thought he was just going to do, like, you know, three splashes in the corner or whatever. Yeah. And then he just goes right over the top. I mean, it was a really exciting and thrilling match. And credit where credit is due, they had an exciting match. And they got the crowd excited while Jericho and his posse walked out during the match. 
Yeah, they they did. To their credit, they did. But at the same time, you know, that for at least a couple minutes, uh, yeah. it really distracted. And it was like right around the time of that hot tag as well. So the crowd, you can hear the crowd reacting to Jericho in the inner circle walking up to their box. But you, meanwhile, you're watching Frankie Kazarian go fucking hog wild and destroying everybody and tossing his body around in a fantastic way. And it's kind of, you know, you can tell that that's not is what's getting the reaction. So, you know, it ended up working out OK Um at the time, I was like, "Oh, this is probably not a good idea." Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I mean, what, what else? When else are you going to do it? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I the the other option would be because it was the match that followed would be doing it during uh, Omega and Janela. But considering that is literally one of your main event guys against a yeah. guy who you're trying to make a big deal out of, probably not the best spot then either. So yeah. you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I, I I give all credit, though, to SCU and Dark Order for getting the crowd back into the mix and getting them hot for what was a big finish. And I'm really looking forward to SCU and Lucha Bros this week on Dynamite, the yeah. big Halloween special with Rick and Morty, apparently. Don't know what that's about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Turner property, so I, why not? I, I'm looking forward to seeing who walks away with the tag belts, is what I'm trying to say. The match is going to be fantastic. Uh, obviously, my gut and my allegiances lie with all things Lucha Bros, mm-hmm. so that's where uh, my heart's telling me. But, you know, uh, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazari made a very valid uh, statement as to why they could and probably and maybe should uh, win those titles. But I feel if I'm if I'm booking the division um, that having the Lucha Bros win uh, makes more sense to me because they're super over despite being working total uh, heel work. Yes. Um, and I feel like there's more challengers uh, on the face side than there are um, on the heel side right now. Obviously, yeah. they're probably going to keep the bucks away from them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you have a built-in feud with Jurassic Express so they can get mm-hmm. try and get their win back once Luchasaurus is back. If they beat SCU, then there's that grudge to continue. And then, right. um, you know, Private Party will want to avenge their loss as well. So those are three, you know, teams that we've seen them go against, but they can go against uh, again to defend yeah. those titles. That's what makes makes the most sense to me um and you want to build new stars and you know those are two of the most over people on north america in north american wrestling right now yeah. so kind of hard to argue against them yeah my my gut says also the lucha bros and I, I think the reason will be that uh you know the money is in Daniels and Kazarian going for the tag belts because yeah. you've built the 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 storyline of you know right. Daniels coming back from the neck injury. They said four to six weeks on air last week, so I don't think we're going to get that version of SCU against Lucha Bros at full gear, which makes me wonder who the Lucha Bros are going to defend against at full gear because I assume the tag belts are going to be on the line, but. Yeah, you um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. So then we had uh, a flashback to Dark last week with the Kenny Omega, Joey Janela uh, lights out match. Just, Which I finally watched and was fucking amazing. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. Um, did you catch the part where uh, Omega threw up? Uh, no. They cut, they, they cut around it basically a little bit after the double stomp by Janela. Uh, it caught him in the tum-tum pretty clearly because oh. they, they cut around it and then you see uh, Omega, like he's literally got drool coming out his mouth. Okay, I saw a little uh, bit of that. I thought he was yeah. just selling. I didn't realize he actually full-on threw up. Yeah, he vommed. 
he, <laughs> well, I mean, there yeah. was a lot of uh, abdominal impact in that match, yes. so I'm um, I'm not super surprised. And you know, the fact it was actually kind of shocking because I, I wouldn't expect you know their top guy Omega, widely regarded to be one of the greatest uh, wrestlers uh, going right now, to mm-hmm. do that much risky shit. Yeah, I mean that there were some moments in that match. I like I watched it sitting in the uh, in the quiet room at jury duty the other day, and <laughs> I'm sure my reactions turned some heads. If you're like, what the fuck is this guy watching? Right, uh, right, right. But I was just like, oh shit, no, don't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like a lot of a lot of really innovative hardcore without being super blood and guts um spots in that so yeah kudos to both of those guys for going out there uh one on the dark match and just letting it all hang out but then showing you know joey janelle especially that he could wrestle (laughs) yeah yeah so this match got added very last minute to dynamite they they actually had announced that they were going to do janelle and jack evans in a one-on-one match for this episode of dynamite basically the night before tony khan called an audible because of how many people were talking about the dark match that they Smart. were going to to rerun it. And this time it was all about getting over Janela as a legit wrestler, not yeah. just a guy who can take crazy bumps and do crazy shit, though he took crazy bumps and did crazy shit in this match. But that shock of shocks, he can hang with a Kenny Omega in this world. Now, yes, Omega went over as well he should, but yes. this was a full-on star-making performance by Janela. I, I yeah, I've never seen a better yeah. sell for a V trigger than uh, than the one he because that V trigger was fucking brutal for yes. one, and two, just the way his body just was strewn across the the middle rope was just a thing of beauty. Yeah, uh, and you know Janela is still squeezed in a hardcore spot or two, doing a uh, a tumble onto the apron from the top rope, mm-hmm. which looked like it hurt like a son of a bitch. Yes, um, but yeah, it was it was uh, an exciting match because like you said they had everybody buzzing mm-hmm. about the dark match and you know, that's if that's the kind of last minute rewrites we're gonna get on aew as opposed to vince tearing the show up two hours before air yeah that's the kind of stuff they were like okay all right this guy kind of has a good idea as to what uh what people want to see and, and what's going to work on the program yeah i will say also this is the match where i went i really want them to find a way to bring aew plus to the states aew plus being the service that they have for uh international folks on fight.tv um, mm-hmm. where, you know, you pay five bucks a month, you can watch all of Dynamite and you get money off the pay-per-view. Well, the thing about those episodes is when the commercial break's happening, it's still airing on fight. Yeah. And that's why, yes, you do picture-in-picture and that sort of thing on the, the live TV version. I don't think it is on the VOD version. So. Um, but, the sh- you know, the matches don't end. The show doesn't end. Right. Um, so, you know, you get to see that little bit extra. They actually did on Friday night, weirdly enough. I would love to know how it did ratings wise. Friday night, they re-aired this week's Dynamite with the extra five minute overrun post the main event. So yeah. uh, I, I thought that was clever. But seriously, guys, I don't know what I got to do. Uh, if I have to wait a few days to be able to watch Dynamite, but still pay you that five bucks a month. Let me pay you money. Let, yeah, let's we're trying to give you out. money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let us pay you. I yes. know you don't necessarily need our money. I'm sure you want it, though. We'll yes. be ha- happy to give it to you. Please let us give you money. Uh, right, so what did you think about the the inner circle Cody brawl for all bit? So first things first, poor Tony Schiavone. That man <laughs> cannot have a single interview segment go right. 
I think they're 0 for 3 in in-ring interviews because between yes. Shivani's two and then Michael Nakazawa getting beaten up by Nyla Rose the first mm-hmm. week, I think they're 0 for 3 in, uh, in in-ring interviews here. Yes, every time Tony Shivani has a microphone in his hand, uh, and not a headset on his head, but a microphone right. in his hand, things go wrong. Like commentary yeah. team, by the way, I fucking love more and more every week. It is... It is literally Excalibur trying to explain to his dad and his crazy uncle why professional wrestling is cool in 2019, and it's it, it it's fucking amazing. They really started to get a rapport, and if I were to have a complaint, and I don't want to be that guy, yeah. uh, but that's kind of what we do here. It's yeah. it's kind of that Jr. is kind of a little bit playing crotchety old guy, yes. um, a little bit. Meanwhile, yes. Tony Schiavone, who you know maybe. Uh, five to ten years JR's junior. I'm not yes. sure of the yeah. age difference of those two. Yeah. But Shivani's fucking loving it. And it comes <laughs> across. Like he's he's giddy at times when, when certain things are happening. Uh meanwhile JR's like, man, there's too many, you know, these tags are, you know, the, the, the you have to tag in and out. Blah blah blah. Yeah, 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 we yeah, fucking yeah. get it, man. Just like we, we understand Just, JR. Let the cool kids have what they want. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, they, they they told you guys they had too many high spots when they were doing more than one suplex per match. So you know we, we get it wrestling changes but yes the the way tony shivani gets giddy uh when fucking uh moxley locked a uh texas cloverleaf uh-huh. on on Pac, and you just hear shivani go shades of the ice man 10 out of 10 <laughs> fucking throw out a dean malenko's <laughs> old nickname reference oh yeah so great so this this segment um all right yes i do think the criticism is warranted about this isn't that other place. Yeah. Like, Cody is two references. He can't help himself. Cody's like two references away from going completely cringe in terms yeah. of his WWE shots. Like, yeah. we had the throne breaker thing. You know, we've had a few different things. Also, why is he the only one who gets to use the cool lift? In the middle of the uh, entrance, because he's a Rhodes and he's EVP, I guess. I don't know. It's it. I did think when he did his little entrance, like, ah, oh, this is really self indulgent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, he did the work to get this organization off the ground. So you know what? Treat yourself, Cody. Whatever. All right. But I'm just saying, other people should have access to that. Like, I don't know the the tag team whose whole thing is that they're part of an exclusive party, that they're the only ones who can get cross, uh, get across a velvet rope. It's true. To even where the strong hearts and that dark eight man tag needed <laughs> private party to let them through. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that the. the other people can use that um so yeah i thought that was a little cringe and um yes i got a pop ddp coming out maybe go oh god don't don't make him do a diamond cutter that's gonna break bad for everybody <laughs> did you notice mjf do the diamond yeah, upside down as a pussy bit yes yeah <laughs> and as soon as he did it he threw up like the quirky eyebrow like yeah yeah, yeah. a little wink yeah that yeah, was yeah. uh that that one popped me pretty good now the the moment that they actually went up there and went after the inner circle, from that point on, it was pure fantastic pro wrestling cheese. You, oh, you yeah. had uh, MJF give the scarf to Cody so he could punch through the glass, <sighs> which was only made better by MJF posting the photo on Twitter the next day with the scarf that had a Band-Aid on it. Uh, and then sure. you had the brawl in... Uh, the concourse. It, it, the concourse, which is like the most 
mid nineties WCW false count anywhere match shit or, or yep. late nineties WWF hardcore match. Like I, I was just so happy with the, where that segment went, where it started. Eh, I wasn't super thrilled with it, but by yeah. the end, I loved every second of it. And it took a while to get there. I feel like they really took their time bringing people out one by one, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. Jericho doing his bit. Although, to Jericho's credit, Jericho's scarf comment was a 10 out of 10 as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, I, I, I loved the scarf bit and I loved, you know, just the, the ensuing brawl afterwards. I think some kid on a crutch had his crutch stolen by yes. uh, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the LAX guys. Yes. He was like kind of on the ground. And I was like, holy shit, did he like just take this kid's crutch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LAX uh, Santana and Ortiz have had a, a great great week because uh, I, I know I sent you that for those mm-hmm. who missed it uh, the inner circle guys were at uh, Jake Hager's uh, MMA fight this weekend Jake Hager by the way losing because he kept throwing ball shots excellent work yeah. Jake um what, what? Well, I don't know. Those other fights had hard, but Jake Hager's <laughs> match had a meat of the groin. Right. That's true. Uh, so, so, <laughs> someone was trying to interview, uh, quote unquote, his pro wrestling buddy's cage side. Uh, the response was, and I quote, "He is doo doo. He is doo doo. I will jump in the cage and stab him." It's just fantastic work. <laughs> I don't know if it was Santana or, or Ortiz. I figure it was one of them because they yelled the wildest fucking shit. But yeah. uh oh, so good. So so good. Yeah, so it was it was uh LAX and Sammy Guevara uh yeah. there. And then they posted a photo with Big Dave. Big yeah, Dave Batista Big Dave. also at Bellator. You know, he follows some MMA and had mm-hmm. a little MMA uh experience himself. And of course yeah. that raised a bunch of eyebrows and and mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Uh do I foresee Dave Batista in AEW? No. no um no. But, you know, still, you know, always fun to see Big Dave out and having a good time. Agreed. So uh, after Jericho got another uh, T-shirt over by yelling about how he had a ticket. Um, seriously, I got an email blast this morning from ProWrestlingTees.com oh, that they have a I have a ticket shirt. Um, we had the Young Bucks go against Best Friends. Did what it needed to do. It got the Bucks back over after their loss against Private Party. Yeah. Um Best friends looked really good. Orange Cassidy got super over again. Uh, You know, it it, it basically gave us everything you wanted up to reminding me how much of a uh, Shawn Michaels cosplayer Nick Jackson is to the point that he's now getting the sad hairline. So good for you. Nick yeah. Jackson. It's uh, very noticeable. You want to find a way to keep that bandana on the whole match there, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk to Trent. Find out how he does it and then match it yourself cuz uh yeah, can't call yourselves the Young Bucks too much longer, guys. Uh it's gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's gonna break real bad. Uh but uh they had a quick post-match interview officially accepting the challenge of Santana and Ortiz. So we're going to have that match at full gear, which Chris, it's a, like Less than two weeks away. Yeah, no, we're just under two weeks away. Uh, very much uh, looking forward to it. The card is rounding out, and uh, you know they keep uh, keep the hype uh, going for the show. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Maybe we'll uh, you know have a, a section where people can meet us or something. Yeah. As as Xavier gets his food, that's what that is. Ah, gotcha. But yeah, I'm no. with you. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so after that match, uh, we got a hype video for Britt Baker, who I don't know if you know, this is a dentist. What? Yeah. Britt Baker is a dentist. 
Um, in all actuality, in real life, IRL. Yes, she's a real life reasons. dentist. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. yeah, interesting. They put over but the where's fact, she from? Uh, funny you ask, because they were putting over the fact that she's from Pittsburgh, which is where oh. the show was coming from. Now, oh, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but despite what I've seen from years and years of professional wrestling booking, you know what works? When you have a baby face go over in their hometown <laughs> and you make a big deal of them and you don't, you know, make them bark like a dog while kissing the owner's ass or something like that. Yeah, it's funny how that works out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough, it works well because it takes someone who, I'll be perfectly honest, I haven't really given many shits about. Mm-hmm. And instead, they had a really heated, although kind of sloppy match with just yeah. a complete shit kicker of a heel in Jamie Hayter. Yeah, I she I didn't know who she was, but I do now. Yeah, let's put it that way. Uh, well, I was gonna say I I saw her come out. And I went ah, like a lot's gonna enjoy this match. <laughs> That's the old like a lot special, right? Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, credit to something I I read on the old internet. Uh, it'd be really great if Britt Baker starts to signal that she's going for a finisher by putting on a latex glove. <laughs> uh, uh, in another great internet thing i saw this morning um if it circle back to jake hager and his uh his uh disqualification yes. if they don't make a shirt and run with knee the people um, <laughs> as a uh as a gimmick for jake hager then they're messing up especially so. if they spell people with two e's people uh, yeah, yeah. 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 See, there you go. The stuff writes itself. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. One hour tease. Go for it. Enjoy it. Uh, Um, It'll be out there soon. Oh, oh, no doubt. Now, what was weird was after that match, which, like I said, I enjoyed and I hope uh, Hater has a uh, AEW contract in her future. Mm -hmm. um, Was there was this backstage segment where uh, Jamie Hater was going to have a promo with uh, one of their backstage ladies and Brandy got in her face and beat the shit out of her and then yeah she had like a grumpy finger pointy moment i like i don't know what that was about i i have literally no clue what the idea is here i know they made a thing on twitter about how uh brandy isn't going to accompany cody anymore i i don't know well you know they're trying something new with her so we'll see how it pans out um i don't know uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, the match itself was fine yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, yeah, it didn't really, didn't really set the world on fire, but I get the whole, you know, being in the hometown girl, putting her over stuff like that. Give her a nice showcase. She needed it because she had over her past couple of performances have been like, eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to get a, a good pop definitely helps her stock a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the Brandy thing, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll we'll give it a chance, see where they're going with that. And yeah. then I believe it was the main event, right? Yes, indeed. And, and this is where the show got controversial for some folks. Yeah. So with uh, roughly 15 minutes remaining, a main event time of quote-unquote TV time remaining, a phrase right. I have not heard in some time and I'm so happy to hear is back, uh, John Moxley and Pac went to a draw. Yeah. Uh, match started out uh, as Moxley was coming out. Pac ran down with the chair, uh, popped him in the head, which seems to be uh, Pac's favorite way of attacking people, just kind of jabbing a chair into their head. Um, yeah, it seems effective, though. Yeah. And uh, what I will say is these two had a hell of a match that I cannot wait to see a real finished version of because yeah. 
again, in the bit that seemed to have some people on the internet clutching their pearls and wringing their hands, this went to a TV time limit draw. Yeah, and, you know, this is something uh, something that's been established within their universe uh, that, you know, matches have time limits. And we've had one draw before between Darby and Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, Christ, four or five months ago yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I personally don't have a problem with it as long as it's used sparingly. Um, as long as you don't find yourselves, as long as you don't write yourselves into the situations where you don't have, um, you know, a clever way to get out of something, you know, in terms of, you know, like we were talking about with Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, yeah. why, if you don't want to put either of these guys over, why have the match? You right. know, obviously this match, the why is easy because of what happened prior on last week on the show mm-hmm. between Mox and Pac. Pac. Yeah. God damn it. I keep saying Pac. Um, yeah. So the, the why was there. Um, but, you know, again, it was one of those situations where you, neither one of those guys really could afford an L right now. Yeah. So, and, and, and if anything, it made you want to see more of it, more of it made you want to see yeah. what I will assume will be a future pay-per-view main event between Pac and Moxley. Because, you know, these are definitely, like, two of maybe the top five guys in the company. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and on paper, you're looking at it like, it's, oh, it's two, two ex-WWE guys going at it in the main event of, an, uh, of a new corporation. And, you know, some people had some, uh, some responses to that as well. But, yeah, they're two of the bigger guys in the company in terms of popularity, whether that be because of WWE or not, whatever. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And, um, you know, the match was fun. Pac, you know, hit like a top rope Falcon Arrow mm-hmm. on uh, on he did Boxing, the deal. You know, a 450 off the apron. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was it was an exciting match and they hit the draw. If but if I were to, to quibble about that, it's, you know, you have a TV time limit draw and then you have an extra three minutes of, you know, reaction to it. Mm-hmm. So if if I were to, you know, complain about it, I'd say hit the timeout and then go off the air within 30 seconds. I mean, yeah. you know, otherwise you're like, well, the match could have gone another minute and a half and maybe could have had a finish. Yes. Um, but so that right there is why particular sort of thing. That right there is why Paul Turner ate a paradigm shift. Right. Because he made that call and he didn't need to. So uh, Moxley got to be his loose cannon self. Paul Turner landed on top of his head. And then after the show for the live audience, for those watching on fight.tv and those who watch the Friday night re-airing, uh, we got to see a bit of an angle. Basically, the long and the short of it is uh, Omega came out. That turned into a brawl with uh, both uh, Kenny, uh, Mox, and Pac. And then that brought out Hangman Page. And Hangman Page officially issued the challenge for Full Gear. So that will be a part of the Full Gear card, which is turning out to be a, a pretty well-stacked show full of uh, talent for us here. Chal- in, challenge Mox, uh, Page did, uh, or Pack? Pack. Pack. He challenged okay. Pack for Full Gear. So uh, Mox and Omega obviously already announced, but we are officially getting Pack and Page oh, yeah, in a rematch. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so then on the other side of the coin for the Wednesday Night War, uh, we had uh, what I'm going to say, uh, possibly controversially, one of the best episodes of NXT TV so far. Um, I, I, I liked it even more than some of the ones where like, well, this is a takeover level card because this felt like 
a TV show. This felt like yeah. I'm I'm being given hints and tastes of things to come. And I know that may sound like a weird thing to want out of my weekly show, but that it was the first one of these shows where it didn't just feel like, well, let's counter program what the other guys are doing. It was no, let's tell our stories, let's build our talents, let's you know, let's be NXT. Yeah, and, and the the matches and the storylines that did take place on the show were all really fucking good. I'm with you. It was a really really good episode of NXT. Starting off with uh, with and I, I tweeted this out as I started to watch it yesterday. I love the the recap uh, montages they're doing at the beginning of NXT, mm-hmm. and then it goes right into tomorrow just alone with the microphone right in front of the camera kind of setting the stage for the show and i think that's a really good um presentation that they're doing to get everybody up to speed in case you missed it the week before and to what to expect um that night so i I did enjoy that and then they went right into rhea ripley and bianca belair which was um you know one of those matches where a lot happened but you still uh want more and uh mm-hmm. it was it was a very 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 good thing and it advanced some storylines as well yeah uh we had uh run in by eo shirai we had candace larray get involved uh, yeah. we had ripley get uh a pretty decisive victory uh over uh bianca belair so it strikes me that uh, Rhea Ripley is going to be probably the next to get a title shot at uh, the War Games takeover in just a few short weeks. But as you and I were talking about uh, over text yesterday, Ripley feels like she's going to be the next big women's star full stop. She's a sure thing, man. She has it, which is always yeah. that thing that people say you need to have to make it in this business. She has it's it's the confidence. It's the, the way she presents herself. It's her in-ring ability she's a good promo she's got a great look she's young i mean there's nothing but upside to her and the the charisma uh and the look everything is just to a t perfect and what what it needs to be yes and i want her to step on me so continuing on we had (laughs) matt riddle cameron grimes uh which really felt like it was the first Uh, match kind of paying off the usa era of nxt because we've seen a lot of mm -hmm. focus on both these guys uh matt riddle you know getting like the the momentous title shot against adam cole and finishing Mm -hmm. up his uh issues with killian dane and cameron grimes getting those super fast victories yeah Um, i was surprised by how much i enjoyed this match i should not have been surprised by it but uh cameron grimes this is probably the best he's looked in nxt so far it's because it's probably the most competent or like longest match mm-hmm. that he's had to really, you know, showcase his talents. I mean, yeah. I guess the the early round of the breakout tournament uh, mm-hmm. as well. But, you know, he wasn't in there with a Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle yeah. is uh, really, really good at pro wrestling. It kind of feels like everyone in the breakout tournament was kind of stuck on second gear. Like no one got to really, you know, kick it up and, and do anything crazy up to it, including the winner of that, Jordan Miles, who. He's had a a rough weekend. We'll talk more about him in a few minutes. Uh, But uh, yeah, just Grimes looked great. Uh, Riddle looked like a fucking stud. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. really few other ways to describe that guy. And this is sort of the the sad truth of NXT. I'm watching this. I'm going, God damn it. Matt Riddle should be like a a fucking WrestleMania main eventer. And all I can think is he's going to be thrown into fucking toddler clothes like chad gable in a few weeks <laughs> looking like yeah, fucking chucky much. finster on on friday night smackdown 
Yeah, and you know he even busted out a jackhammer uh, to yeah. continue his ongoing feud with Goldberg, and the full sale crowd picked up on it, chanting Riddle in the Goldberg cadence. So that was really fun. And then there was a a solid, well shot, quick, easy post match uh, angle with um, uh, Riddle going to give um, Tyler Bate the uh, the fist bump, and then going to give one to uh, Grimes. Grimes shot it down, and then Grimes hit Riddle or uh, hit Tyler Bate, and then Tyler Bate to the old uh, bip and bop bit which i love oh, yes. yeah. it looked real nice and snug and knocked cameron grimes and his stupid hat down yeah that was a really good segment yeah and it looks like we're gonna be getting bait and grimes next week on nxt Hell tv yeah. who'd have thunk you just you yeah. just have your little universe collide and yeah things play out on tv uh isaiah swerve scott brazango had a six-man tag against some team who i forgot about i don't know who was in that match. yeah yeah the suns the, the <laughs> phoenix suns yeah they had they had yeah. the, they had the gorilla <laughs> they, 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 set, the they, they set up the sid cara uh trampoline so yeah. uh the, the the phoenix suns gorilla could actually enter the ring that's the only way he travels that's a little known fact about the phoenix yeah. suns yeah he did, a, he did a 720 uh names harambe <laughs> so he's going over <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. He's gonna, no, he's Harambe. He's going to shoot on everybody. Thanks, everyone. Oh, You've been a wonderful stop audience. It. Stop it. Get week. out of here. How dare you? <laughs> you son of a bitch. But no, um, Brizongo continues their uh, blue collar cosplay gimmicks. So they were full on uh, top gunning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were top gunning this one here, and Nigel McGuinness had the line of the night because I, I love that Beth Phoenix thirsts over Brizango. It's the best thing she's done in since joining commentary. Mm-hmm. And Nigel had the line of um, I believe a stiff breeze would blow you over, and I was just like, oh, Nigel, you cheeky, you cheeky bastard, you. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was fantastic. And the match itself, I mean, I you wouldn't expect Swerve and and Brizango to to uh, you know work but man it yeah. worked because all those guys worked in that match you know and forgotten sons are fucking forgettable yeah but yeah. you know they're solid hands and the match was fun and exciting i'll give them that uh i mean look they're not terrible it's just i uh, it feels like they need to just pull the fucking ripcord on this gimmick and try again like no the, they're gonna get hot shot at smackdown don't worry uh, about it oh jesus but that's good because we won't have to watch them then. <laughs> fair point Touche. Touche. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, you know, all in all, it was a fun match. And I, I like how much they're getting behind uh, Isaiah Scott because he is yeah. really a world class talent. And he's one of those guys that, again, in a just world, they just go throw him on the main roster. Let's let's do something with him. Like I, I could see yeah. Heyman doing great things with him if he were given the opportunity. But, you know. The world is what the world is. Uh, we continued uh, the build for the big NXT Cruisador title match as uh, Angel Garza had a pretty definitive victory over Jack Gallagher while uh, Leo Rush did commentary. Um, not lighting the world on fire on commentary. No, no. But you know what? He was at least not anywhere near as irritating as he was as Bobby Lashley's hype man. Lashley. Lashley, yes. Well, that was obviously by design. Yes. Uh, but still, he's he's come back and is a little humbled and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Angel Garza and Leo Rush. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that. Yeah, yeah. Should be super fun. We had a number one contenders match for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. I think this is the first official defense of the Women's Tag Team titles in NXT. Am I wrong on I that? Believe, I believe you're correct, yeah. Well, Team Kick gets the nod as they took on 
two of the horsewomen, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. They really haven't gotten much better. <laughs> well, Chris, I, I know it's going to sound crazy, but the way to get better is not just hang around at a training center. It's actually right. working matches. And they well, I mean, they don't really get a big opportunity to do that. But you'd imagine, even though it's not on TV, that they've been doing house show matches and been working at the PC. I just didn't see a lot of like smoothness no. transition wise no. or anything in the maneuvers between Shafir uh, and um, Duke. Yeah. Uh, I think Shafir's probably a little bit better off than Jessamine Duke, but Jessamine Duke looks rough in there. Yeah. If you needed any reason why that horsewomen horsewomen match still has yet to happen. Yeah. There they are. There's the two big reasons right there. Their names are Marina and Jessamine, but Hey, team kick. Like we were, you know, positing last week, they're getting a push. They're, they're you know, getting behind Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai's duo. And this week on NXT, we're going to get them against the Kabuki Warriors, which should be super fun. Yep. I am really interested, though, to see, okay, Asuka and Kyrie really haven't come off as heels at all to a live audience for main roster. Oh, WWE. it's not going to happen at the full sale either. That's what I was getting at. They're going to be in front of full sale, and it's just like, what? Like yeah. it's, it's two not returning work. NXT women's champs now as WWE women's tag team champs are going to be over as fuck. Yeah, and before I forget, also on NXT this coming week, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae going to go one on one in a rematch from the last Takeover, which uh, cool. is a match I absolutely adored. Uh, so yeah. hoping they get some time and get to do something special. And speaking of something special, the main event was a triple threat match for the NXT North American title as Roderick Strong defended against Keith Lee and the guy whose last name I always botch. Dominic Dijakovic. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, holy fucking shit, dude. This was just crazy. And uh, just crazy spots, crazy moments, hard-hitting action. Like, uh, I was in awe of this match. I, I've talked many times about, it's to this day, still being surprised that, like, Roddy Strong is a WWE-contracted <laughs> talent. But, yeah. like, he looked like an absolute killer star but as did yeah as did lee and dijakovic two guys who i feel like up until the usa era really haven't gotten their due in nxt yeah well there were some injury issues with those guys as well a couple start stops on them but yeah i mean for everything that roddy strong lacks in charisma and mic skills dude is a fucking really good wrestler um and he worked his ass off in that match he got tossed around a lot did a lot of you know big power moves on the two bigger men and you know uh lee um and dijakovic have the 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 aura around them especially together that it's just something that you can't take your eyes off of and it, it really was a well orchestrated triple threat match because a lot of the stuff involved all three of the guys NXT you know has done really well historically in triple threat matches of not mm-hmm. having them mm-hmm. be your typical okay one guy takes a dive and sits out for five minutes while the other two right. get their shit right. in they, they've done a really good job at incorporating all three guys into these spots and especially uh, you know the one that was gift all over the place of uh, Keith Lee holding up Dijakovic who is suplexing Roddy Strong Yeah, uh, it almost went really wrong but it ended up going really right and was just a fantastic moment also uh lee's big tope to the outside was yeah 
gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And, Good Lord. And for as great as this match was in ring, it was met by one of the most shocking angles in NXT history. Basically, you got both sides of your bread buttered if you are a sports fan or an entertainment fan when it comes to pro yeah. wrestling. Because end of the match... Roddy Strong, he was able to, you know, retain and, and, and all that. So here comes the Undisputed Era. Everybody's hanging out with their belts. They're super stoked. You know, the prophecy remains true. Yeah. Here comes Ciampa. And Ciampa's got that crutch with him. And, you know, he's gunning back for Goldie. And he's going after Adam Cole. And, oh, shit, who's out there with Ciampa? It's Johnny Gargano. DIY back together. They're going to take down the UE. But that's four on two. Is anybody going to help them out? Well, Finn Balor's back. Finn Balor yeah. is in NXT. He comes out. He's standing there with uh, with DIY. He's looking at the Undisputed Era. Full sails ready for this collision to occur. Everyone to go crazy. And then a little shout out to his old boys in the Bullet Club as Balor throws an AJ Styles-esque Pele kick right to the fucking head of Gargano. Yeah, and everyone loses their shit yeah it was a really well done moment um yeah. you know you you told me what was going on as i was driving home and i was yeah. like no you're fucking with me you're fucking with me yeah. and then i you know once i got home and did my post trivia poop i was watching the clip online of of this pele kick and it, it hit flush and gargano sold the fuck out of it yeah. you know immediately once that happened all four members of the undisputed era go after champa yeah finn balor just stands there and just kind of takes in what he's done he gives a side eye you know him and adam cole size each other up but don't really nod or anything at each mm-hmm, other they just kind of mm-hmm. go their own way so it's still open to interpretation yeah yeah because from the finn jump balor's i'm like motivation from the jump i'm like is he part of undisputed era right. but it was very clear as the angle continued to play out no no, he's like like chaotic neutral in all yeah. of this, you know, for, for our D&D <laughs> fans. His alignment is of his own. And yeah. he picks up Gargano and murders Gargano with a 1916 on the ramp. Just absolutely. Yeah. Like either Balor's really good at catching a guy's head on the way down for that, or he shoot murdered Gargano <laughs> on the ramp. I, I don't know which one it was. And he does the finger gun point, and uh, as he said, actually on uh, WWE backstage Friday night, the prince is back. So, yeah. uh, guess we're getting shades of Prince Devitt now with Finn Balor as uh, a very, very angry young man on NXT. Yeah, so I would imagine, if I had to guess, I'd say that Gargano Balor is probably what's going to happen first. That way Champa can still focus on getting Goldie back and kind of be in the periphery there. So um, either way, those are those are some matches that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing. It leads yeah. to a lot of possibilities and, you know, it makes NXT this week where I'm sure we'll get a promo from Devitt or at least some or Devitt from Balor um, at some point, you know, I just hope it's not one of the you people made me do this sorts of thing. No, 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 no. This, this needs to be something like I came home and it made me realize I hadn't been myself for a very long time. Like that's Right. That's the type of angle I want to see come out of this. Just, just so self-assured that this was always boiling under the surface. It's not because people turned against him. I mean, something that a lot of people point out is that Gargano became like the beating heart of NXT. Well, yeah, 
Balor was before that, and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be supplanted, you know? he's He still sees himself as royalty in NXT. So, yeah. you know, make this a, a personal issue between them, not about the fans, not about anything else, just, you know, the, the f- new face of NXT versus the old face of NXT. Yeah, that's a good piece of business right there. I'm uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. We're mm-hmm. and we're a couple weeks out from War Games. Uh, yeah, we're about a yeah. month, a little three weeks, three, three weeks away. Weeks. I, yeah, I, I, I'm still wondering who's gonna be in the actual cage. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, we haven't heard anything about them suddenly deciding no, no, there's only gonna be one ring or, or anything like that. Like, right? Yeah. Uh, so can't call it War Games and then not do War Games. Right. Right. Um. So uh, we we definitely you know what would be interesting. I don't know if they could do it, but they could. I don't know if they have enough people to do it. Is what I should say. What if they did a woman's War Games? You know, I, I tweeted that out the other day um, as to whether or not we'll ever get one and i feel like it could happen at some point i just don't know with this year with how everything's um aligning Mm -hmm. where it really makes sense i mean do you have you know baszler shafir and duke who we just talked about not being great uh having those two in there and then maybe add like eo shirai on the other side against you know ripley candace i I, it just it the 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 lines don't seem drawn perfectly to facilitate it at this point but it is one of the few remaining things that they haven't done an all women's version of yet so i I have a feeling it will happen at some point well i mean they haven't had a women's inferno match yet i think that's the other big thing they really need to do yeah i'm I'm, I'm okay with that just throw just throw two ladies in obvious well one of them not in an obvious bodysuit and the other one in an obvious bodysuit and just (laughs) let them go toe to toe and then well as fans go i wonder who's going to be on fire is it the one who's covered head to toe in clothing or the one who's showing skin i wonder who it's going to be yeah yeah that's a very wwe thing to do right what i'm saying is inferno matches are shit chris and i don't Uh, know why we ever thought they were good I, I picked up on that. I, uh, I'm, I'm following you there. But you know uh, what it's not as shit as? What's that? This fucking Jordan Miles shirt. Uh, you know what? Good on you, ACH Jordan yes. Miles, for calling out this level of fuckery uh, yes. that, that has happened here. Now, um, where was he? Look, I, I stand with ACH on this. Let it be said. That shirt's been out like a month. We made fun of it a few weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Um, did but did, is there not like a, an email, a corporate email that goes out that says, hey, WWE talent, your T-shirt is ready and tells you when you have new merch on the website or something like that? From what I ascertain made this happen now is oh. the fact that he, over the course of those couple weeks, has been asking for an explanation as to why, and he's ah, been okay. uh, ignored by, and he called out Vince and Triple H uh, by name. Yeah. Um, so he's yet to receive a satisfactory response as to why and how that shirt was a thing. And speaking um, of satisfaction, I did see a tweet where he said the explanation he was given was that it was supposed to be a Rolling Stones thing? Not even fucking close. Not at all. Not not yeah. even in the least. Like uh minstrel Oof. show bullshits in my head 1000% ahead of the Rolling fucking Stones. Yeah, no, that's definitely definitely was not you know at least subliminally not what the, not they were going for there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a bad 
it's a bad look on WWE who has a very bad track record in race uh yeah. racist gimmicks and shirts and fucking the Mexicals rode a lawnmower to the ring yeah. for Christ's sake. Congratulations, Sin Cara Cockshirt. You've been officially supplanted as the worst <laughs> du- sorry. Sorry, hang on. I, I just forgot about this one. The uh, Undertaker, uh, these colors don't run uh, American flag inside his coat shirt. Yeah, that one was pretty yeah. bad, too. Um, Is it as bad as the Undertaker title belt that's out there? <laughs> that if you buy that and show, sh- post a picture of it, I will buy a plane ticket to your town, Jay and Silent Bob style, hunt you down and beat you the fuck up because that's the most stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. All right. You know what? If you have $500 to throw away like that, may I introduce you to a Patreon for the Rough House podcast? Just go ahead and send us your $500. You know what? We yeah. will find better ways to use it. We will find infinitely better ways to use it by, you guessed it, buying the Daniel Bryan weed belts. They're now on clearance. We'll buy a handful of those. Hell yeah. What are they down to? <laughs> uh, fuck if I, you know, okay. you know what, if anything, they should be cut down to $420. That's really what they need yeah. to be. <laughs> 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 oh, we jokes. Bye. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough House, podcast. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Are you tired of the same old mayonnaise? It makes your BLTs bland, your club sandwiches lifeless, and your egg salad dull and boring. Well, what you need is new caffeinated mayonnaise. Mayo X! It's caffeinated mayonnaise! Mayo X! It's not just mayonnaise, it's extreme mayonnaise! Mayo X! Glop it on, bite down, and feel the rush of caffeinated mayonnaise! Y'all are out of your crazy minds. Shut the f*** up, Paula Dean. Mayo X. Please do not use Mayo X if you have a heart condition, asthma, premature balding, gingivitis, a lazy eye, a love of Tyler Perry movies. If you are Tyler Perry, expensive cocaine habits, abnormally bushy unibrows, more than 10 toes, a flat ass, a thick ass, a smelly ass, or a jackass, severe brain damage, a single mother of four from Hamden with a neck tattoo, or farted during a Cuba Gooding Jr. movie, radio.